Welcome to the Hot Mess Entrepreneur, a podcast that takes you deep into the messiness of an entrepreneur journey, beyond the fluff of what they show you on social media, and really into the messy mistakes that truly define an entrepreneur. Welcome to this episode. I'm so excited to have you here. Today, we're going to do it a little bit different. We don't have a guest. We have a whole new feature that Christy is going to tell us all about. But first, let me tell you about Christy. She is going to be the interim co-host for this feature because it was her idea. And she is so gracious enough to let me share it and to share it with me. I'm so pumped. So you might remember Christy. I'm not sure her episode has aired yet, but she was on one of the episodes with us. She is amazing. If you are ready to step off of the entrepreneur treadmill and prioritize your business, then you need Christy Mall in your corner. Christy is a business mentor for service dog trainers that want to serve their clients with confidence, integrity, and ease. Part mentor, part trainer, she's a veteran dog business owner with 20 years of experience training humans and dogs and running her own six-figure business. Today, whether Christy is guiding new and growing service dog trainers by the hand through building simple systems and strategies into their business or mentoring those seasoned trainers on enhancing their own expertise and finally getting around to the business of their business, she uses her powers to help students to cover, discover a little bit of practical magic in themselves so they can make more money, save more time, and best of all, feel magically confident building their success. Christy believes that your business will only grow as much as you are willing to grow, making her unique and balanced approach of blending the woo with the do a must-have in your business. I am so pumped to have you as the interim co-host for this feature. So Chrissy, tell us what is this new feature that we're doing? I'm so excited. I'm so excited about this. Thank you for that, Kim. I'm so excited about this because this is one of the things that I waste my time on all the time. Like if I need a distraction, I go straight to these things and I I'm obsessed, absolutely obsessed. So it is, you guys have probably all seen it. It's the, am I the asshole series of different things. Some people do it. I've seen like on relationships, on other things, but this one is going to fit this podcast and your listeners because it's the Am I the Asshole in Business Edition. Boy, did we have a lot to pick from actually. (laughs) And and rightly so because business, just like your podcast, is messy and it's not always apparent if you're being an asshole or not. Sometimes you don't know you're being an asshole. (laughs) reflect back right like in the minute you're like hot and heated you're like I'm right and then like two days later you like actually talk to people that will give you real feedback you're like oh shoot I'm the asshole yes (laughs) today's episode each we have a running list of the one like our favorite one so we're each going to pick our favorite of the favorite am I the asshole for pitching a business idea while at my father-in-law's visitation Last month, my father-in-law died of natural causes. He was a pretty healthy and happy man who had lived a full life, but just died in his sleep one night. My wife and I helped plan the funeral and the visitation. My wife has a big family and my father-in-law has many friends from his successful years, his years as a successful entrepreneur. 
My wife grew up pretty rich, though she doesn't like to talk about it. I grew up in a working class blue collar household and got a business degree, first in my family to go to college. For the past several months, I have been working on a new business idea that I think will change the world. I don't want to reveal too much, but let's just say that breakfast will never be made the same again. Okay. Anyway, at the visitation, several of my father-in-law's former business associates showed up to pay their respects. Some of these guys have really deep pockets, and I couldn't help but wonder when I would see this many millionaires in one place again. It was an opportunity that I simply couldn't pass up. I pitched my idea to them, and some of them seemed really interested. I was very pleased with myself. I should know that my wife was really close to her dad, and his death hit her really hard. She expected that he would eventually die, but she was in denial about how long her dad had left to live. He was in his 90s, so it was obvious that he would die soon. Anyway, I walked over to her, and she was tearfully thanking some of her cousins. I pulled her aside with a big smile on my face and eagerly told her that some of her dad's friends loved my business idea and that we could soon be rolling in the dough. She seemed hurt and angry and told me that this was really hard for her. Her dad had just died and all I could talk about was business. I was surprised that she reacted this way and she has been very distant since. I'm starting to really become annoyed with her holier than thou attitude and really wish she could just be happy for me, especially because her father was a successful businessman himself. I want my old wife back and I don't know what to do. Am I the asshole? Lordy, lordy, lordy. We need the Homer Simpson, the Homer Simpson don't. <laughs> so I there's a few layers to this, okay? So well, I'll give you props for being an opportunist for being passionate about your business. Okay. Like that's there's something to it. Like sometimes it's hard to turn that little knob down, especially when you're in you get this idea and you're thinking and thinking. There is something exciting when you're in the room with millionaires, especially if you're not used to being in that room. However, no, <laughs> like 100%. Absolutely. You probably made it wickedly uncomfortable for all of those people who might have potentially invested in your business had you approached it properly. Had you thanked them for coming and they're, your, they're like, you have a contact to them anyway. There was ways you could do it where you could still get their contact information, not at that moment and not pitch them at a freaking visitation where you could have still contacted them and pitched them properly, right? So you probably blindsided them. You probably screwed yourself because these potential investors want nothing to do with your inappropriateness because you just pitched them at a freaking visitation. Like how absurd. And I'll so I have, I, I don't know how this happened to me in my life. I'm lucky enough. I have a lot of close friends who are wickedly successful. They get pitched all day, every day at the most inopportune times, like on the beach, like at the bar, like the minute. And a lot of them dress very like unassuming. You would never know because they are so sick of people approaching them just to pitch them ideas, right? So like, oh my God, I can't believe you did that. Like you probably like screwed yourself worse. Like they're not interested. It could have been the best idea on the planet. Like you just, that's just not how you do business. Like it's no. Then, so that's one, you burned that bridge. You burned all those bridges now. And then, all right. So let's say that, that let's say that, that wasn't even a thing. The fact that you would talk to your, you 
came up to your wife who was crying with her family at her dad's visitation. And she was crying. You didn't hug her. You didn't console her. Like you tried to steal that from her. Like she's in a moment. And instead of being a comforting, loving husband, you're like a monster. And now you're mad at her for not reacting well to that. What? Divorce. I hope she divorces you. Not like not really, really. But that's, I don't know if I could go over that. Like if I was that close to my dad and the fact that they pitched is one thing I'm not even sure I could get over. But then the behavior after that is what I really don't even know if I could ever get over that. Like, I think I would be, I would treat you exactly the way your wife treated you as a business owner. Yeah. Because like that is not the time I'm playing. Ugh. Yeah, it's very gross. It's very gross. But it says a lot like about, I mean, you're absolutely right. Like, yeah, those people aren't interested anymore because mm-hmm. you obviously don't know how business works. I mean, and can you do a proper pitch at a funeral? Like, did you bring a PowerPoint presentation? What's going on here? Like, There's some data points. <laughs> right. And so I'm sure that they just placated you through the whole thing. Yeah, this guy gives me the heebie-jeebies and no way, but- Let's just be nice and polite and smile and nod so he'll go away. Exactly, because that's what they're going to do. It's like, and you're absolutely right. He's probably never been around a millionaire to even know how to act because that's not it, bro. <laughs> There's a time and a place for business and millionaires know this more than anything. You could have done it. I mean, you could have done it differently, but- um, at the cost of your relationship, I would have, I would have totally, did you say they were married? They're married. Yeah. It was his father-in-law's visitation. I would seriously be considering divorce as well. Cause that is, that says so much about his character. What's the word? I'm, I can't even think of the word. I'm so like flabbergasted that this is even when it happened. Like narcissistic. Yeah. That's one word that comes to <laughs> Well, I didn't even think about this yet is so not only did you totally disrupt your life, but like these people were your father-in-law's friends and colleagues. You totally disrespected their mourning process. Right. That is, that alone, oh God, to be so self-centered. Right. And then be surprised that your wife was like not happy with it. Because she probably grew up with this as well. She probably grew up with people approaching her dad, trying to pitch. So, I mean, this probably like runs really deep for her as well. And then to have your husband that's supposed to be there supporting you. I mean, this guy obviously hasn't had anyone he really loves die before, to say it bluntly. I freaking hope not. What did you Or maybe he has. And like, he used that as an opportunity as well. But like, what an opportunist. Like, and do you want that in your relationship? Like, why is he with me? I, that's what I would think. Like, why is it not the opportunity right now? Like, wow, I can't, be- I can't believe I'm almost at a loss for words. Like, right? It's just so shocking. But I mean, how often, I mean, at, at a much, much, much smaller level, right? So like, let's just, but how often are you around somebody and they realize that you're successful or you know what you're doing or you're an expert and then they immediately like hit you with it and you're like, it's not the time or place. So yeah, I stopped telling people what I do like 10 years ago. You're really good at it, by the way. <laughs> really good at it. So for those, so Christy is the person, so we're, we're friends outside of this shocker, but we'll be with friends out somewhere. And like some of our friends have some dogs that maybe have some behavioral issues and they'll be, I'll use one that we don't see that often. 
she had a boxer that is he's a sweetie pie but like he needs a little he needs a little training for sure he would just climb on people and like pee on people's stuff like he needed some thing that like Chrissy being a dog trainer would be like oh here's what you can do or like she would start to crack nope she would just sit there enjoy her time out if and if somebody asked her like if it was one of us that like she really knows she would give us advice but we would never do that to her like unless it was like a dire situation but she would just give her give me her rates or ask you to do a discovery call with her. And that was it. Yeah. Like, and it, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it wasn't easy getting to that place either. But like, I'm assuming that these people at the funeral were, were just like, just as flabbergasted as we are right now. Yeah. Yeah. And then like, how bad does it look on his wife as well? That's your man. The time that he spent, he should have been supporting his wife the whole time. Mm-hmm. especially if she was really close to her father it says that she was so like yeah. and she's there with cousins and she's crying and you're like death what just happened we're gonna be rolling in the dough lifetime for you sir like <laughs> oh it's so gross i've just again i'm lucky enough i have a lot of close friends that just but one of the reasons why i have a lot of close friends that are like ridiculously wealthy is because we probably met somewhere random we just talked and conversated like regular humans, probably about something stupid, like football, hockey, like usually it's sports or like something silly. Uh, we made small talk. We have things in common and I treat them like regular humans because that, that's who they are. So yeah. 90% of people that I've met that are really successful, like that's how they want to be treated. Yeah. And then if you, if you want to usually, like if you get in their inner circle, like they will give you opportunity to pitch them in the right setting. But right. you got to get in there first. So if you're coming, come up the gate, like, uh, like you're not, they're not going to hear you. But I guess maybe it's true. Like most people don't, they don't, they're not around it. It's just not normal. And the ones they are around, like the flashy showboaty ones show up in like their fancy cars and they're like designer, everything. You try to like prove that they're wealthy. I don't know. Yeah. You don't want to take money from those guys. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> wealthy people you, are not going to tell you they're wealthy. No. You, you don't know it. Um, especially like, like in my, you know, training, like I've, I've, I've signed a lot of NDAs in my career and there's a reason for that. Mm-hmm. They were all referrals from other NDA mm-hmm. clients mm-hmm. and you know, and you don't even know these people. Like I haven't even told you, like, mm-hmm. but there, there's a reason that people with money, uh, appreciate that kind of decorum, mm-hmm. you know, and they appreciate being, I've never acted differently towards them like correct your fucking dog like that's you know that's why they referred me to other people that's what they want they're just regular humans right right um I never treated them differently and working with working with multimillionaires is a different game as well and he's obviously not up to the task part of it's kind of like this is a very hard way to learn that lesson um this is like an extreme way to learn that lesson and I guess it comes with like you just sometimes you gotta like make mistakes to get there this is not the way you should make that mistake. You do have to have initiative to get places sometimes. Sometimes you got to get a little, you got to hustle, you got to get a little swirly, um, but there's a time and a place to do that. Yeah. So this isn't it. Funeral? No. No. I think we agree he's the asshole here. <laughs> I think if anybody thinks that he's not the asshole, like please comment so we can bring you on and have you explain it to us. Because I, I don't think there's a person on this planet that can convince me otherwise. No. Ugh. And then he, he could have turned that into like, he probably 
could have turned that into a profitable initial introduction meeting, you know, like there's ways to do that. Had he just had normal conversations with these millionaires and he was like, had he started that like actual connection, most likely at least one of them would have invited him out for dinner, invited him like, oh yeah, like follow up. Here's my number, follow up. Here's my card. Like that's just what happens naturally with progression. Right. Not necessarily hear your pitch. You have to eventually get to that point. And they would have thought so much higher of you. If you had done it the right way, where you had just been a normal person at a visitation, supporting people, mingling, making people feel comfortable, making connections in general, just out of being a good human, chances are one of them probably would have given you the card. Then whether they were interested in your pitch or not, they probably, you've already built that rapport. They probably would have Oh, it's not for me, but let me introduce you to so-and-so. That's what people do once you get into their circle. Like they're happy to connect you to people. Very happy, yes. Yeah, very happy. And so you just, you're never going to change back press, sir. No, not this way. You're going to lose your wife. And and there's another lesson in there too. I mean, you want to be wary of who you're taking money from. Oh, okay. Yes, let's unpack this. You don't want to be out there pitching everybody like, you know, pitching like, like I mean you know you want to you want to vet that person as well for your listeners that get to this point you know not all money is good money mm, yeah like, say one of those guys like loved this pitch at this funeral and mm-hmm. like invested and but now who's this guy and what are the terms of that money like he could be totally like you could sign over because because remember his wife is wealthy yeah what's the collateral in these things you know what i'm saying like oh yeah there is there's x there's other that kind of shady shit is going to bring that kind of shady investor is what i'm saying love it so this is interesting we're probably going to do this on another day's topic but i so i one thing that i get a lot um i get pitched to me a lot to people that need my help a lot of times they're newer in their startups they cannot afford me so this happens all the time they offer me a percentage of their company to they offer me they they send me like I can't afford that can you do this and then this percentage of the company and sometimes they'll offer me royalties too so like they offer me profit share and the company percentage and I've learned that 90% of the time that is a huge red flag for me Mm -hmm. I take it case by case right so like if I believe in it I'm more likely to at least hear you out and I want to see that my first thing is like can I see your P&L statements they don't normally have them, <laughs> which is sketchy. But like, if you're, I would never in a million years, if you can give me like the, I don't even know. I can't even like Gary Vee could like be like, I will personally mentor you five hours a day for the rest of your life, but you've got to give me 20% of your company. And I, well, that I might take. Gary Vee, if you're listening. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Consider that maybe. Send me me a proposal, but like, there's, I don't like never would I give somebody a percentage of what I'm building. Never. Ever. Maybe there's a point if you're trying, if you have a product, I think it's more more acceptable in the product realm because you need a lot of capital for that. And that's what's expected, you know, you know, a hundred percent, but not to like a marketer, like somebody who's going to invest capital, like, right. I'm just right. a marketer. And then like, what's the draw for you? So like you get all this stuff. So mm-hmm. they get you as like a business partner. Mm-hmm. So free coach. 
I mean, I don't get, the, I don't get where, where they think that you're benefiting from it. I think sometimes we get caught up in the, and why I've probably been guilty of this too, the grandeur of like the what ifs and the possibility, but they get in, they fall in the potential. And the, and again, the things that they're like hammered, like hammered at by people that don't really know the business that well, like, oh, look, if I sell this many of this at this price, I can make this much. It's that easy. Ta-da! Like, and they just think it's just going to magically happen. Right. And there's nothing, there's like, there's kind of like an ebb and flow there. Cause like, I don't want to crush dreams because like it can happen. If you put in the work, like it can happen for sure. So put in the work and hire me. Boom. There we go. Problem solved. Put in the work, hire me. Done. That's a lot of work to, to have someone owning any part of your company. That's a lot of work on both your parts. Cause y'all have to keep track of all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know what a PL statement is, then you're already behind the times. Yeah. It surprises me how many business owners don't have. I remember I was, it's one of my favorite stories. I was maybe 22, 23. Um, I didn't own a business. So I was eventually going to own a business, but PL was not in my radar. Okay. But I happened to work at a bar that was just, the owners were so fucking good. Like they were really good. They were really hard to work for in the best way. Yeah. And one time we had this little lounge area with all these couches. And every day we would have a shift meeting before meetings. And well, there was more to that. But one day they, so people, when you break plates or things in a restaurant, they would get, they would get mad at you. If you break a plate because you're fucking around, they would get mad. So people were like, Oh, well, you guys drive like they drove really nice cars. They had a Range Rover and like a really nice like SLK Mercedes. Like, well, you're driving a Range Rover. Like, what do you care about like a five dollar plate? Like, that was the backlash they would get. So they sat us down. They had a cup full of a hundred pennies and like, okay, who wants to be the banker and who wants to be the accountant? So like, okay, electric, thirteen cents. They would they literally broke down for every dollar that comes into their business. Here's where every single freaking cent goes. So at the end of the day, I think it was seven cents was left. And I could be off on that, but it was less than 10 cents was left. So like seven cents. So then they went to, it was actually one of the people that had complained about the plate thing. They were like, how much did you ring last Friday? Biggest night, probably how much, how much did you ring last Friday? It was like 600 bucks because they weren't a very good server. This is a place where you could easily ring like a thousand dollars, which should have been your base for like what you would bring in as one server. Yeah. Um, and I think it was like the hundred bucks. And they were like, okay, so I, I can't do that quick math, but like whatever six cents times 600 bucks is, they're like, so that whole shift, you paid for that one plate. And then they were smart enough to take it another way. They humanized it then, okay? So they said, how many of you, we had the chef there and it was, it was a from scratch kitchen. It was the only restaurant I've ever worked in where the kitchen almost never, ever, ever fucked up. Like every kitchen, it just, it just happens. Like it, I've worked in the kitchen as a manager. Like it just happens. This kitchen, almost everything was almost hundred percent all the time. It was because we had this guy named Billy and he worked, he was a family man. He was the sweetest, nicest guy. He worked 60, 70, 80 hour weeks, never complained, super nice. Like he was just a gem to work with. And they're like, how many of you think that Billy deserves a raise? Everybody. They're like, how can we give Billy a raise when Every dollar that you bring in is going to pay that one plate. And we were like, oh shit. Yeah. Now it makes sense. Yeah. And I, I again, this was like 25 years ago. I'm not that old. <laughs> it was like 15 years ago. 
And it has stuck with me ever since. And it, I, every business owner that I meet, I'm like, you need to get there. Like, if you don't know where every cent of your dollars come is going, like, take a week, figure it out. Right. Change business. Yeah. It's so intimidating though. And it's awesome that they did that. I mean, that's, that's like very good business owners, but you know, employees don't understand like tax deductions either. I mean, you get a better tax deduction off a Range Rover than you do a Camry. Come on. <laughs> so, I mean, that's awesome that they did that. And what, like, that's a powerful lesson for you. You didn't even know you were getting into business at that point, <laughs> but it's true. I mean, if you're a business owner, you should know those cents, the data, the data to sum it up, the complete douche canoe who pitched a business at his father-in-law's viewing funeral, whatever they call it. Yeah. Complete asshole. Yes. Hopefully we gave enough uh, context there to, to teach people how to not be the asshole in that same situation and still get what you want. Love it. Love it. So thank you for joining this new segment. Uh, it'll probably be like maybe every other week we'll have one of these go through. Um, I'm kind of in love with them. So if you, if you are a business owner and you have an MIV asshole person, you're welcome to come on with us and talk about it. Or probably that's too much, right? You don't want to like shame yourself. You can write it up. You can comment below. You can let us know. Um, send us your stories and we will weigh it in. We will weigh in the audience and see if you're the asshole or not the asshole. Awesome. Thank you, Christy. Yes, it was awesome. Right? So it was so much fun. Thanks for joining us this week on the Hot Mess Entrepreneur. Make sure you check out our website, digitalentrepreneurlife.com slash social, where you can subscribe to the show so that you'll never miss an episode. While you're at it, if you found value in the show, we would appreciate a rating or a comment, or you can simply tell a friend about the show. That would help us out a lot too. If you like the show, make sure you check out our Instagrams. They're linked below in the show notes. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode. I'm Kimberly Clark and cheers to being a hot mess entrepreneur.